This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. Kara, is it okay for me to be vulgar again? When do I get to be yeah, vulgar again? Vulgar again. Be- you can be You're always vulgar. You're always okay, vulgar. Okay, fair me. enough. Fair enough. So, always, so. There's so many in, other areas you can be vulgar in. So I'm in you? my kid's room oh, no. and I slip on some Legos and I hurt myself, Kara, and I have oh, no. to go to one medical. I have to go get okay. some treatment. And he says, okay. So my son has all these figures of horses. Mm-hmm. And it ends up, I'd slipped on them and a bunch of them had gone up my ass. And he said, that's the bad news. But the good news is you're stable. Get oh, it stable. <laughs> I, that's not, that's like a dad joke. That's a dad joke of all the worst kind. Let me just explain to me. Did you see the people making Legos out of us while listening to us? That was pretty funny, wasn't that it? That was lovely. People making Legos and stuff like that. That was speaking, good. Uh, speaking of people fetting us, uh, the New York, the Wall Street Journal like licked you up and down and oh, back up again. Yes. Oh didn't my God. They? With the big picture that like, was there I anything know. wrong with I Scott know. Galloway? You talked about your foaming of coffee. That was like the biggest, wettest kiss. I was embarrassed. And my bit. alcohol abuse. Yeah, it was. What did you? I, I, but I want to get to the idea. I, congratulations, by the way. You sounded great. And you look great. Thanks um, for that. That's nice uh, of you. I think uh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said. To you me. know, Thank it, you. I just I like. I'm gonna I'm gonna give out little dollops of love to you today. I appreciate um, it. Because I, I have just, dollops. I know I have just had dental surgery, and so I'm I'm uh, I'm, You're I'm a little high. A lot of pain. No, not high pain. I don't no. do any pain medication. Um, but uh, one of the things you said, you want to be the greatest business an- analyst in the history of the world. Can you explain this to me? Like in the world, like over Buffett or like others? No, 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 no I didn't say that. I said okay. I wanted to be the most influential thought leader in the history of business, not just the world, in history. <laughs> okay. That's, I thought it was like a if lot. If you're going to be gra- a narcissist, put I, it on all I, caps, I, Kara. I, I, I felt grandiose was part of that. But tell me, explain to me what that means to you. What, what does that mean? I want people to understand your vast an unquenchable ambition. Uh, I want to uh, provide through thought leadership and teaching mm-hmm. more economic security for people and their families than any individual in history. Okay. All right. Through. And by the way, there's still time. I'd also like to be a Broadway dancer and a Navy SEAL. <laughs> Serious. I would like to do both those things. A Navy SEAL. Well, I think it's important to have big, bold, audacious goals, right? Really? The Broadway dancer could happen. I can see you. Have Step you seen kick. me dance? <laughs> Have no, you seen me could, dance? I have there. the body of a dancer. I just don't have the rhythm. Oh, yes, you do. You, I could see you could be good at dancing, but I could see that you're not. Well, you I know who imagine. thinks I'm a great dancer? Who? Vodka. <laughs> 
All right, so a drunk dancing thought leader. We are so excited uh, to hear. I think I am the world. I love dancing. I'm excited. Drunk. I don't. Uh, I don't know what we have. Well, you know, there is Al, Adam Grant up in front of you there, so you better like run. Oh, fast. I'm coming for that little bald-haired <laughs> bitch from Wharton. There's I am coming for you, Adam leaders. Grant. You know, ultimately, other than Susie, intellect and credibility, he has nothing on me. Nothing. Ultimately, ultimately, Susie Orman's going to kick both your asses, and she's coming on she's our good. show soon. She's good. Oh, yeah, she's Susie? great. She's, good. she's an island, you know. She's an island. I yeah, like she's her. Really, she, I she's think a, she's an inspiring uh, she woman. She's a tough broad. Let me yeah. just tell you, in, a, in all the good ways. Anyway, we're excited. We're going to be talking to her soon about the recovery nice. and, and how people can handle it. But listen, uh, a couple things: the Biden campaign is circulating a petition and a letter to Mark Zuckerberg to change Facebook's hands-off approach to political speech on the platform. Nothing's going to happen. What do you think about that? Well, we predicted this, right? The mm-hmm. social media has now been fully politicized yeah, and totally. Facebook is going red and the opportunity is for Twitter to go blue, but Biden is going after Facebook as he realizes that Donald Trump has enlisted his favorite oligarch, Mark Zuckerberg, and said, I'll hands off as long as you hand me the election and then like have a bunch of people feign concern. Uh, so th- basically Facebook's going red Mm-hmm. And Facebook's going kind of Android and Twitter is going iOS and Twitter's yeah. opportunity. Mm-hmm. Again, we've been talking about this is for them Smaller, to go subscription. But better. Smaller, but better, right? Yeah, go after the 10 or 20% of urban, educated people who are willing to pay for a social media platform. And then, I mean, it's just shaping up, the whole world is shaping up into iOS versus Android. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a one, great way of looking at it. I like One that. where you have essentially a phone that's free mm-hmm. for people who aren't wealthy and in exchange they get to molest your privacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically what Android is. Okay. And then iOS is, all right, the globally affluent get to have privacy, but they have to pay the equivalent of one month's household income in Turkey for a phone, for chipsets mm-hmm. uh, and sensors that cost $380 to assemble and they can sell it for 1400 bucks. The whole world mm-hmm. is going to iOS versus Android. And uh, basically it's happening in social analogy. media. It's, it, it's what you would expect from a thought leader in the history of business. The, it's very... the most influential in history, Kira. <laughs> in history. All right. Uh, I think that's interesting. I think you're right. I think you're right, 100%. Uh, also, HBO Max pulled Gone with the Wind from its library until the company can provide some more historical context to go with the film. What do you think of that? What do you think? I think of it's that? fine. Like, come on. Like, you should Wait, have a little. What's fine? Is, is is Gone with the Wind fine, or is pulling it? No, fine? Gone with the Wind is full of racist tropes. It's ridiculous when you watch it now. I mean, but like, what doesn't have racist tropes? A lot of stuff. You know what? It's sure. fine well, if they want to put it. What about the Green Book that came out two years ago? In twenty years, do we delete mm-hmm. that? Do we cancel that? All of these things are are different different shades of racist. But, well, there's all those movies. There's 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 all those movies. There's the Help. There's all kind. There's that goes on and on and on. I think yeah. it's not. I think look. It, at this moment in time, it's not the worst thing. Everyone like goes crazy. I can't get my Gone with the Wind. By the way, nobody's watching Gone with the Wind, but really old people, if oh, at all, when it's it. on. Did you your know mom I mean? take like, you to see like, Gone with the Wind when you were a kid? No, I, I saw oh, it. I, my mom I, did. I, it's awful. You know, nobody's watching it. That's the thing. It's like an argument of old people. Like, if no young people are going to watch it anyway, and it eventually will be. I think the issue, issue is a lot of this stuff, like the Confederate statues, they, they put them in museums. Like, we, 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 we subject ourselves to context all the time. 
So it's fine. It's fine. If they want to do that, it's perfectly fine. And everyone losing their like mind over it isn't, is, uh, so Megan Kelly did it. Come on. I mean, I know you don't, yes, maybe we will put things on everything. Maybe things should have things put on. You know who did it well? Warner Brothers a couple of years ago had Whoopi Goldberg say, look, parts of Looney Tunes are really gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Agreed. you know, watch it in the spirit at the same time. It's part of Americana. Yeah. And it was a different time and place. And maybe you'll learn something or maybe you'll think it's funny, but, just be aware. And I think everyone, like, it, people act like they're so inconvenienced that they just have to listen for a second. And they do it everywhere else. Mm-hmm. They do it in museums. They do it. So, so what? So yeah, what? We have I say, systems, but that's, it's a big that's, so what. I saw your tweet on that. I thought, yeah. I, I thought that was interesting. But there's a difference between adding context to things, yeah. especially cartoons that kids watch. They didn't censor it. It's not, it's and, still available. And pulling stuff down. I mean, well, that's they, at this moment in time, Scott, I know you're all being inconvenienced no, hold on. by but, this. Okay. I, but it's easy to always talk about this moment in time. I mean, remember, mm-hmm. and, and this is, uh, remember when they started blowing up statues in the Middle East that the, 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 the yes. mullahs or whoever in power thought they were blasphemous? Yeah. Yes. At, at some point, everyone's going to find every statue uncomfortable. And I think communities and people should have the right to pull down things when they vote on it. But this this mentality that I, I think there's something to be learned uh, from I, offensive I, I media. I, I think there's something that says— I think they were put it, up as a giant fuck you to black people in Jim Crow well, time. I agree. You know and what? I they, agree. There was nobody be, voted to put them up. So, no. I'm going to—no. Uh, well, I agree. I think Confederate flags should be pulled down. But, but this notion that we're going to start content that is offensive, I, I, think, I think there's a danger here. And that is— I think there's more to be learned from, look how just kind of fucked up in the head we were back then. I think there's there's opportunities Absolutely, for a learning without moment. Having, without having context, you can't have that. You have, like, I, I'll tell you, I'm going to make you watch a film called The Celluloid Closet. I'm going to get I've away from- it. I've seen The Celluloid Closet. You understand why people hate gay people when watching that. I made my mother, I sat yeah. her down and made her watch it. Um, you know, it, it's an interesting time. I just think people getting all exercise over this because nobody ever wants to watch Gone unless it's happening mm-hmm. on late at night and you don't ever watch the whole thing. And by the way, young people, my, my son was like, what's gone with the wind? Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't even matter, you know, but it is, it, it is an interesting time. And I think, again, this was, uh, we'll get to our big story in a second because this is something that just happened recently. But Audrey Gelman is stepping down as CEO of The Wing. There are a lot of, of, of issues of people stepping down uh, all over the place. It looks like CEOs are falling like flies. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, the staff uh, staged a virtual walkout claiming the company is not practicing intersectional feminism as promised. We talked can about you this before. I'm, gonna, I'm sure I'm going to get shit for this. What is intersectional feminism? As usual, you're offensive. But here's the deal. In, in, in USA Today, they had a very good example of it in a story they did last year. If feminism is advocating for women's rights and equality between the sexes, intersectional feminism is the understanding of how women's overlapping identities, including race, class, ethnicity, religion, and sexual orientation, impact the way they experience oppression and discrimination. Essentially, it's paying attention to someone beyond yourself. It Essentially, they have, when you have a, 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 a stated values and you don't keep up with them, whatever mm-hmm. they happen Isn't to be. Isn't that just hypocracy? Isn't that, yes. or as I call yes. it, sandberging, yes. prostituting a social cause for your own <laughs> enrichment? Like that. Wasn't she sandberging? Uh, it, it, uh, no. Uh, yeah, yes. I guess if you want to use, I'm not, I don't love your verb, but yes, mm-hmm. I guess that's what, um, but you know, and also, by the way, the business is screwed too, FYI. It was already, you know, had a hard, <laughs> yeah, I know, like, yeah. it's interesting. It's just an interesting time for some of these businesses. And I think probably they're like, Let's do a rethink here on how mm-hmm. we want to do things. And I think that's really what's going on. But it's it's really remarkable uh, how much 
this is a really interesting, it's a very interesting time for people to really reconsider how they behave and stuff. You saw Anna Winter did it, which I think everybody like piled on her. What because, did Anna Winter do? Oh, she was like, I, I've noticed I haven't helped black creators and I really feel bad about that. And of course everyone's like, what? Like, you, you have to look at it. You go, go watch it. I think I'm not going to go into it. Go watch it. You, everybody should be aware of all these different uh, things that are happening, but it's um, that people are trying to sort of apologize in advance. I mm-hmm. think is what's happening. Um, it didn't work for Anna Winter. I think she she's kind of uh, it was a cloddish attempt to uh, to negate her entire history. Yeah, but look at this co-working print magazines. Yeah, it's sort of yeah. like who's next? Yeah. You know, yeah. like whoever's yeah. making buggy whips is going to come right. out as not yeah, having help. Important thing. I'm going to interrupt you. Big yeah. stories. Amazon and IBM are ending their facial recognition technology products. Yeah. In a letter written to Congress this week, the company's uh, CEO, Arvind Krishna, wrote that they would no longer be offering images and technology to law enforcement and support efforts in police reform and more responsible use of the technology. There have been several studies showing that facial recognition technologies are biased against people with black and brown skin and can cause harm when used by law enforcement. Later in the week, Amazon released a statement saying they would be implementing a one-year moratorium on police use of their facial recognition technology. They also called on Congress to make stronger regulations. Um, law enforcement agencies around the country uh, contract with Clear uh, Clearview AI, a startup that scrapes images posted around the internet to identify mm-hmm. people from sources like security viewers. You know, I did this long, you were there, interview with Andy Jassy of AWS, and mm-hmm. he, I was pressing him on this very issue, and... Um, uh, he seemed to be like nothing to see here. Now, what what do you imagine is happening, Scott? I, I, you know, I think uh, Amazon. Uh, I think a lot of big tech has seen many of these issues recently, and the attention the attention being placed on these issues as an opportunity for redemption. And I think that they look at the economic upside versus the opportunity. I think they look at through a shareholder lens, as you yeah. know, a lot of people would argue that, they, and they say, "What is the upside here of facial recognition technology as it relates to our?" shareholder growth versus our ability to come, you know, to basically start our hat white. I think when, I think when Tim Cook says that privacy is a basic human right, he may believe that, but he's also depositioning his competitors, Facebook and Google, who are totally focused on molesting your data as core to their business model, back to the notion of this mo- Can you Android move to, away from molest? But go ahead, keep going. <laughs> But also, you know, and the question, I, I, I am asking this to learn, because I understand, I know you're very concerned about this, but if law enforcement can use your DNA or forensics, why shouldn't they be allowed to use facial recognition technology? It's not that they shouldn't be allowed to use right. it. I think DNA was really bad for a long time, and you saw those people that were convicted and yep. then later take. I mean, I think it's yep. in a stage where it just doesn't work, right? Where, and because especially it's, it's error, it's error, it's error prone. And I yep. think they it, it may not be error prone going out the door, but then law enforcement agencies using it use it badly. Um, and because it's a question of life or death, it has to be perfect or almost nearly perfect. And I think well, witnesses that, aren't perfect. What part? No, what part of the prosecutorial process this is, is perfect? On, this isn't witnesses. This is like you're giving people technology that people can act on and make bad decisions. This is, you know, this is like their cars blowing up, like mm-hmm. their oops, like that kind of stuff. I think or their guns not firing correctly or whatever. Uh, I whatever. have no idea what that means. Your well, car like, blowing up or your well, guns I'm not just firing. Saying they, a lot of their equipment is supposed to work right. and their technology is supposed to work. They right. should use almost no guns anymore. I think right. a lot of people are sort of sick of their use of guns, but they, they when they buy any equipment, um, they need to um, 
they need, that needs to work. And this is equipment and technology and this stuff, it, you know, there's been so many, there's the ACLU thing with, mm-hmm. with recognition. And I think Amazon's sort of shoving the ball to Congress. Now there should be definitely in this area, there should be national um, legislation. Of course, now it's being piecemeal. San Francisco will have like ban it. Another area doesn't. And so um, I think they have to think that think this is a national discussion in my mm-hmm. view. And a lot of the people, I interview the guy who does most of the, the body cams on people's on police, and he doesn't want facial recognition in there. He doesn't think it's ready for prime time. Hmm. And so, you know, these are people that are, that are in the business and understand how quickly it can be abused or not abused as much as badly used. And so I don't th- I, it's interesting that they did this one year moratorium and then why now? Why did they, after being, you know, harangued by me and many others way before mm-hmm. me, they decide to do now? And you're right. It's, it's this waiting for the protests to die down or, or mm-hmm. just it looks good on in a press release. I, I, I don't know what, I'd like to know why they made the decision now. I'd like to see what the decision making process was. It would be nice for transparency. I think there's a deeper issue and it goes to these bailouts, which I think are going to undermine one of the core problems here, and that is a loss of trust in our institutions and our government. Mm-hmm. Because you talked about DNA being wrong. DNA has also um, correctly corrected the record and freed a lot of inmates who were incorrectly yes. prosecuted. Mm-hmm. So science, you know, science is, a, I think, is a wonderful thing, both in terms of crime prevention, prosecution, and also um, exonerating people who are wrongly accused and sometimes jailed for decades. So mm-hmm. I get that there, we have to be careful around, because it's science saying that it's binary, that it's it's 100% when it when it isn't, but I think it goes to this notion that people are losing faith in our institutions because the people running our institutions or our elected leaders are quite frankly undermining them. You know, when you have Bill Barr, the attorney general, the head of the the DOJ say that there's evidence of all these far left groups and then the data comes out and this hasn't gotten enough oxygen. The data is showing, we now have some data, people who have been prosecuted, arrested and prosecuted for really sowing violence and destruction Mm -hmm. at these protests. Most of them don't have any affiliation, and the only ones that they could find that were affiliated with any group were affiliated with far right groups. Yeah, that's right. And when you have when you have elected leaders undermining and overrunning your institutions, we begin to lose faith in our institutions and say we just don't trust them to handle any sort of science. And it's a real, it's a shame because science is an incredible tool for both people who should be prosecuted and people who should not be prosecuted. It can also mm-hmm. declare people's innocence. Anyway. Yeah. Yes, I agree, but it has to. I think facial recognition technology shouldn't be made so badly that it can't recognize correctly people of color. I just like they're putting stuff out the door that doesn't work on right. all citizens, and especially when people of color are at such risk of being uh, misidentified. Uh, you know, it's just it, they yep. cannot get this wrong. They cannot, and the fact that they let a product out the door that does this, or when used. You know, they need to anticipate their products. And again, Scott, I don't think they need to anticipate every problem, mm-hmm. but boy, should it work on everybody's faces and people mm-hmm. of color. Same thing with AI. Boy, should it, you know, the data that's going in um, work, you know, not be data that that creates the same problems. And so I think it, I, I, my issue with Amazon, and I know they're like, well, let, let Congress, you know, they're always like, let Congress do this. I'm like, why don't you put out technology that doesn't appear to be so flawed and, or, and they tended to point the finger at police at the time, mm-hmm. not using it out of the, if you don't use it this way, um, you know, you could, 
it won't work kind of stuff. But why doesn't it, why does it always not work that way and put people who are already at risk in general with police, uh, with law enforcement in even more risk uh, mm-hmm. or more problems that would lead to it. And, you know, you don't, you don't need one of these is one too many. Um, it's interesting that IBM moved in here because IBM's not a big player here. So it was mm-hmm. sort of a, a, you know, I think you call it virtue signaling kind of thing because they're not a player, but Amazon certainly is, the most important player in this area, although there's several different players here. Yeah, I just love, I, I mean, just from a pure selfish standpoint, I love biometrics. I, I don't have shoes with shoelaces. I don't, uh, I purposely try never to have passwords on anything, which I realize makes me a target. And I don't own, I don't have keys. Mm-hmm. And I love what? the idea of a biometric world where it recognizes your your face, your fingerprint for access to everything. I just spend, I think people spend so much time and it's such a hassle, this notion of, this this false sense of security. I've never understood locks. If somebody wants to get into your house, they're going to yes. get in. I've just never understood Indeed. it. Yeah, I agree. Well, but biometrics can be abused. You know, what I mean, yep. I think that's and, and of course you don't. I have to say, you don't think this way when, right, you're, when you're, you right because I have the privilege of being a man that doesn't feel unsafe. Right. Um, and I'm not hundred percent. I get to walk around in it with a sense of security that the majority of the population doesn't doesn't have that luxury. Or, or even anticipating problems. There was one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's called Barbed Wire with Pamela Anderson. Um, it's about well, I like it already. <laughs> it's a great, you need to sidle up to your giant couch in your beautiful home and watch this movie. Um, it is about uh, uh, the future where they look at your eyeballs. It was way long time ago. I remember it mm-hmm. riveting me. And they were there were eye, there was eyeball trading in it. I don't even remember. Well, yeah, what that was, going was on. Um, a Minority Report. Yeah, that was, but this was before that. It was called Barbed Wire. And she ran a bar and she was sort of like, uh, you know, the Casablanca character. And then she ends up being good. You know, she's like, eh, just mm-hmm. take my, I'll take your money and this and that. But, um, and then she ends up helping the rebels or whatever the version of that. She's um, a deeply anyway. misunderstood artist, Pamela Anderson. <laughs> I oh have to God. say I've watched Barbed Wire so many times. I can't believe I've spent she's my Canadian, life watching She's Canadian, Pam Anderson, I think. I think she's uh, Canadian. Okay. I have no information about her. But anyway, th- this idea that, that, that it could be, I do imagine a world where it could be woefully misused. And I know there's all kinds of point of information, mm-hmm. but biometric takes it to a DNA. Uh, I was an early user to clear. I signed up when Steve Brill started it. And I never thought at the time, I remember going down there to take the picture, which is still in the system, which is super old. Um, and I was really fascinated by it more than worried about it at the time. Now I I'm love like, Claire. Uh, don't you love Claire? I, I love do. It. I do. I do. But I still, when it was started to get bought and sold, I started, you know, they had some, some financial troubles and everything. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, I was like, Oh, Goodness, they have my. And then I thought, well, I'm done. I'm like, I'm in, I'm, I'm in barbed wire now because they have my, they have my eyeballs. The, so. But the notion, the idea, I don't think you can put technology back in a bottle. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the answer. I think the answer is to have a t- slow thinking public institutions really think through what, are, how do you regulate it? But I think the notion that we're going to just kick down the ro- kick the can down the road and stop investing in the techno- technology or not understand it as well. I don't know if that works. I wonder, I worry the bad actors don't, don't seize their investment in it and use it for less, um, less benign purposes. But I, I would love clear to run my life. I think they do a great job. Yeah, I, mean, I just, it's also, but the dark side of clear is it's the further casting of our society where mm-hmm. if you don't have money, if you can't afford business class, if you don't fly a lot, you end up waiting in line for three hours at an yeah. airport. And then if you're 1K, you get this line. And then finally, if you're clear and you have an American Express card, 
you get to get to your plane in two minutes versus two hours. Yeah. It's it's more and more segmentation of our society based on wealth, which is one of the attributes of a capitalist society. But it's just getting, it feels like it's getting out of control. Yeah, absolutely. I feel badly when I go through that line. Although, I, oddly enough, I got it so early, I pay almost nothing for it because I was one of the early, very early users of it. I didn't know that uh, was Stephen Brill. He's yeah, the media Brill. guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, Stephen a, Brill. He just he's wrote a creative me. thinker. He just wrote me. I, I haven't looked at the email, yeah. but I just saw his name pop up. He's like, Kara, I'd like to talk to you about this new thing I'm doing. And of course, I'll listen to him because he's such an interesting person. All right, Scott, let's take a quick break and we'll be back to talk coffee. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com. All right, Scott, we're back. We're talking about Starbucks. They have closed down 400 stores in North yeah. America. You know, there's been a Starbucks on every corner kind of stuff yep. um, that's been going on. And, and you know, they've been trying to do various things. Uh, and, they, I, I, you know, you can order. They've done a lot of mobile stuff. They've been heavy into mobile already um, and or, mobile ordering. And they've done a pretty good job. They opened up a whole bunch of stores. But what do, what do you think this means? You were, it's the same thing, the contraction of retail, essentially. Yeah, well, we back to this notion that COVID-19 isn't a change agent, but an accelerant. And something mm-hmm. I've been uh, working with companies on is that look at every trend, every take the two or three biggest trends in your business, mm-hmm. and then extrapolate them out 10 years. And mm-hmm. that's where the consumer is uh, right now, uh, what's right. happened in the last eight weeks. And companies, there's a lag. Companies, in terms of their capital allocation and the moves they're used to making, and there isn't so far a recognition that what has gotten you here today is what's required to get you where you need to be. And if you look at Starbucks, which has always been, uh, they're an incredibly impressive company. Mm -hmm. Starbucks has got great management, great DNA, very forward-looking. You know, the first company that said it's about about moving from pre-purchase, running ads, you know, good to the last drop, and about the purchase and creating this unbelievable experience, not only through real estate, but through workers that are happier, they spend more money on benefits than they spend on coffee beans. Mm-hmm. And that app you were talking about is is borderline revolutionary. It's if terrific you look app. at the amount of money that's preloaded onto the Starbucks app, yep. I think they're the seventh largest bank in America. It's it incredible. Is a, I got to tell you, it's a great app. It's a great, I always am like, I never have problems with the Starbucks app, except if it signs me out and I don't remember, you know, what I've called myself. It's run by a tech guy and he certainly has been uh, right now it is. I've took over from Howard Schultz and others. And uh, it, it, it's really interesting. Is it a digital company or is it a 
analog company because it's always been like you you're on one corner and you looked across the street and there was another Starbucks because they did all this mathematical figuring about walking and things like that. So they've always been a tech forward company. What does it mean for companies like Starbucks? Because you're going to see you see specialties went away. Uh, you know, a lot of store closings, people are moving out of malls. Is there such a thing about going to, going to a Starbucks anymore? Or is it all going to be ordering uh, in advance? It'll just be it'll just be accelerated. It was already mm-hmm. moving that way where you know, I think I'm not sure, but I think it's 20 or 30 percent of the purchases now go through the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you look at an organization like Restoration Hardware, 95 percent of their gross merchandise volume goes through their loyalty program. You could see it's just going to accelerate. Wherever they thought they were going to be in 10 years in terms of their store footprint, the, the skills they need, where they allocate capital, uh, they should be now. And they're doing that. They're, they looked at their store footprint and said, where would it be in 10 years? Because 10 years, we've had a decade in weeks. Mm-hmm. And they've decided to dramatically shrink their square footage. I would bet a lot of those stores were still profitable. Yeah. And they've decided that they're going to it, it also gives them more leverage negotiating their leases that says that we Which came they already to play. had done. They already had done had started that right? to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But you have you have I mean it is just so it's just crazy when you talk to these companies. Their they their, their general attitude is that what's happened here is cyclical and that we're gonna get out of it. It's not, it's structural. Mm-hmm. Ten years, where were all these trends going to be in 10 years impacting your business? Well, we are there. And how would that, how would you, how would you expect to be or look different so in 10 who years? Else? Who else is like this? So Starbucks, he had already been experimenting around coffee machines that are easier to use. He was, I had a long talk with him about coffee machines, which is all about the technology of getting these, these drinks made more quickly. You know what I mean? In terms of, and better, better tasting. What other businesses, like, look, the CEO of Patagonia stepped down. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not really clear. I guess she was accelerating what was, this is what they were saying. The company's saying this. I know her pretty well. She's really quite a fascinating character. And, and of course, it's owned by one guy. The whole thing is owned mm-hmm. by one guy who is sort of probably running. She's a very strong CEO, but he's he's the decision maker, obviously. Um, what happens to all these? To, like, when do companies decide? They ha- do they have to have a retail presence or not at all? The future is multi-channel, and, and it's going to meet in the middle. It's just the ratio of spend around um, uh, uh, tertiary versus digital. The, mm-hmm. the the ratio is just getting flipped, and you're mm-hmm. going to see whatever your percentage of offline versus online sales is just going to dramatically move. The most significant transition is taking place in what is arguably the largest consumer category in the world other than maybe healthcare, and that's U.S. grocery, where we're going to mm-hmm. go from 1.8% of retail sales, uh, of grocery sales done online to somewhere between probably 15 and 20. And when you're talking about a three quarters of a trillion dollar market, you're talking yeah. about 100 to $150 billion in transactions, all of a sudden switching to one from one channel to the other, which creates massive opportunity and disruption. You think about cold storage, like where do they leave your cabbage and your milk mm-hmm. when they get to your house? Think about Pick and pack um, yeah. technologies. Think about apps. It's just the milkman, Scott. There you I, go. I, I am just signing up for a milkman. He's all full. The milkman here, and I, I, I always like the idea of a milkman. And there's a couple of you know businesses who do this. who are just like going crazy in terms of that. And that you're right. There's a little box that you put stuff in. Um, I mean, it's so funny because that was like the milkman was put out of business by grocery stores essentially. Um, but they have other things, you know, cheese, bread, fresh eggs, all the fresh stuff. Um, and obviously Amazon sort of, you know, comes up the rear with all the hard goods or the, or, or 
I I have to say the other day I was like I have not gone to a store in a long time and I am mm-hmm. not I buy every I like I think of something in the house and I go on Amazon or wherever or I went to a container store I went to uh, somewhere else I was looking for an umbrella for the porch I'm not going to stores I don't think mm-hmm. very much and I, I I don't go to a lot of stores but I'm absolutely not going to stores now like I can Maybe see stop. everything online the, the merchandising has gotten a lot better. You know, the milkman, like it's a milkman moment, like the milkman. Yeah, there'll be niche providers. We have down here in Florida, we have this individual who's he each day he goes out and he goes out to the second or the third reef off the coast and he catches mm-hmm. fish fresh and he puts out an email saying, This is what we have. And then he drops off this ridiculously fresh fish. And I wondered, is that going to replace Whole Foods fish? I mean, it's just. There's, there's going to be niche offerings, and then there's going to be the platform that kind of offers it all and brings it to you. And it's probably going to be Amazon or Walmart. I think mm-hmm. they're going to consolidate they really are. the marketplace. Yeah, it's interesting. And also, with some of the stuff, though, what what goes away and what stays? You have to be like this wonderful retailer, or or what is it that, like, I do go to my hardware store, because I like wandering through my heart. It's an experiential thing. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what it is. And if I don't find it there, I then order from Amazon, because I often am like, I'd rather give them money for one. And two, I like it. I actually enjoy myself in the hardware store. Uh, same thing with restaurants. It's totally inappropriate for me to make a lesbian joke right yes, now, right? Yes, go right ahead. I haven't no, told I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I don't think that way. I thought I don't think be that vulgar. way. Be vulgar. Go and be vulgar. <laughs> I don't think that way. Oh, yeah. You Anyways, think you and Home Depot. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I don't like Home Depot. It's too big. What I like you, my What do you like store. better than Home Depot? I think Home Depot is wonderful. Too big. Yeah, wander, wander, wander. I think I'm going to die in there, and then they'll never find me back oh, in the lumber area. Great job. Area. Such a well-run company. Oh, I don't like it. I so what, what, what little niche hardware store do you yeah. like? It's a Logan. It's in Logan Circle. It's called. It's an Ace Hardware. It's just mm. great. I like the people. They're quirky and interesting. They're always helpful. That the customer service is fantastic. You know, and if I don't find it there, I then find it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it's. I usually find it there. It's interesting, but not everything. Not everything. And the selection isn't enough for sure. Now I have massive selection, uh, but I always do an Amazon search before I go now, which is interesting. See if I like something better. But um, but on a lot of things, I can just get there. Like nails or nails, essentially. Um, but I, uh, last question before we go and mm-hmm. uh, go to predictions: um, what, what would what would work retail? Is it restaurants? Because I do miss sitting in restaurants. I like a restaurant. I like a. I don't like a bar. I don't drink. But those I don't. I don't see me doing less of at all with delivery. I'm so tired. I don't think I want anything delivered again for the next. Oh, restaurants are going to get crushed, Kara. I know they are, but I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying. What? Tell me one thing. I want a positive thing for your predictions. What in the retail space doesn't get killed or have to go almost completely digital? The stuff that's experiential, maybe a Sephora or Restoration Hardware. The stuff where going is is uh, you know calls on your dopa stuff that makes you feel mm-hmm. a that is not crowded. And B is you go for the people, not for the products. Right. And that is when you go into a Sephora, you go in for the people, you go in for the cast members. When you go to right. Restoration Hardware, you go to feel, you know, that seventh floor restaurant mm-hmm. where they have wine and it's just beautiful and sunny and you kind of envision what your home like look like. I think places like that, the experience stuff, but we have, yeah. I think, 18 square feet per person. Uh, in a square foot a retail in the U.S. and like like London has three. I mean, we're yeah. just so radically overstored yeah. that yeah. that this isn't doing anything different. It's just if someone had said, "Where would we be again in ten years?" It's going to look like where we're going to be next year. Uh, so, but I don't. I don't. It's a very interesting question. What the guys that get really hard hit really hard are especially retail apparel. 
Um, and then and then anything you want to talk about industries that are just getting killed. It's just so weird. Anything where you sit shoulder to shoulder, whether it's sports, restaurants, yeah. education, my industry is going to you can't imagine yes. the, the tension Harvard. and conversations we're having. Harvard's going digital. Well, I mean, but look at Harvard. Cutting Harvard costs. has to lay off people with $40 billion. Yeah. Can you imagine what's happening everywhere else? Scott, your predictive nature has come to the forefront. And we're going to take a quick break. And you're going to make some more predictions when right. we get back. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate, no coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Okay, Scott, we're living in unpredictable times, but you've done a very good predicting things like the, the school stuff. Uh, what, what do you think our life's going to look like a year from now? I want you to be like a little nostradamus here. Oh, I don't. I mean, that's a. We're going to need a bigger boat for that. My prediction. <laughs> my prediction for today is more around uh, big tech. I think there's going to be some very interesting. Um, I think some border skirmishes break out. Specifically, I think big tech is going to start uh, making some fairly bold moves. I think you could see Apple go into search. Oh. Um, did you see that tweet at us saying we're yeah, to duck, saying duck, that go? they really didn't appreciate us mocking DuckDuckGo that they thought that was um, damaging that we yeah. rag on big tech and we're. You know, I love how they like roll me into you because I was like, no, it's really good to <laughs> have a by association. I was like, well, I did not say that. It was Scott Galloway. I literally you're wrong with I, the dog. You're a hound. I apparently, but go ahead. So okay, Apple well, get into search. Okay. The other the other gangster move I think mm-hmm. that would be really interesting if Twitter doesn't get its shit together and move mm-hmm. to subscription is uh, I think there's an enormous opportunity. For LinkedIn to start a Twitter competitor, LinkedIn. And, well, LinkedIn. think think about this, and again, it goes oh, back to I the like notion. It. it goes back to the notion that advertising really is the tobacco that causes the cancer in media, and that is LinkedIn isn't being weaponized. It isn't tearing us apart. Yeah. It's a powerful social media platform. Why? Because a third of the revenue comes from subscriptions. A third of it comes from mm-hmm. individuals who want to pay for more access or have more in-mail opportunities. And only a third comes from advertising. What do you know? LinkedIn isn't totally fucking up the world. You know, it's a Microsoft property. You know, I'm going to bring in Jeff Wiener dog to talk about it. His name's Jeff Wiener. He he's used impressive. to work at Yahoo. He's very impressive. He is. And he's, he, the only thing though is he, I always, I'm going to tell him on the stage, I'm like, what's it like to be a division of Microsoft. He's like, 
we are LinkedIn. He never will say a division. And I always go, comma, a division of Microsoft. Right. Um, but, brought to you uh, by Microsoft. Brought to you by, and he's like, and I'm CEO of LinkedIn. Um, yeah. He's a really clever man. He used to work for Warner Brothers. He's had a long, Very talented executive. History. He is. Um, so you think they would start a Twitter? Well, I think something. So Why my prediction Microsoft? is the following. In the next 60 days, there is a frightening uh, d- declaration of border skirmish that's going to turn out to all-out all, all war. Either Apple is going to take advantage of their access to the consumer and the fact that they own the rails and introduce a more a more direct competitor to Google. Uh, because right now they make about six or seven like billion dollars in free cash flow by having I Google like be their it. default search. Yeah. They could buy DuckDuckGo and mm-hmm. start offering their own search. Or you could see if Twitter doesn't bust a move quickly and take advantage of their opportunity to go after basically wealthier blue state cohorts uh-huh. and offer a subscription service, I think the opportunity is for LinkedIn to start a microblogging platform that is more clean, more pure, more starts professional, but moves so. to media. But it's not crazy then. You don't get Tom Cotton yelling at you like I had today uh, from my Senator column. Cotton was yelling at you? Oh, yeah. That's a badge of honor. Oh, You're just boasting now. No. You're just boasting. I know. But I was just thinking... Uh, Does he understand what? intersectional feminism? <laughs> Does he get where feminism intersects with feminism? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Intersectional feminism. Why NYU? They have in- excellent courses at NYU on this. I hear they're online. Oh my God. I'm a living living lesson in you intersectional masculinity. You take Cialis, oh, Zacapa, and a little Steely Dan Asia. Boom! The, dog's, the dog is ready to play. It's go time, Kara. It's go time. You are intersectional all the best. Listen to me. I, I I don't know what will happen to her because like you got Tom Gotten being crazy here. You got the president talking about the Confederacy and today the SS. Somehow we got Oh, you know it was a gangster move though? You did not see that coming. The chairman <laughs> the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, oh, yeah. I think you mentioned him, General uh, Milley. Yeah, but you know something? These guys have code. He went on and yeah. said it was a mistake for him to be in that photo. Yeah, but he, what was he doing there? He should have known it was a mistake when yeah, he Yeah, but you walking. know what? Come on. He, he, how many other people, how many other people in the Trump administration have stood up and said this was a mistake? Well, and he'll probably lose his job over it. Yeah, men and women in uniform have something no one in this administration have, and it's they have code. Yeah. Well, then we're gonna have like Stephen Miller like running the military at some point, <laughs> whatever. And on that Honestly. note, that on that note, he's writing a speech about racism. That's really that's a that's a speech I don't want to hear. But I'm saying, let me get back before we finish. Is yeah. if what happens then to Twitter? To who buys that? Who wants to touch that while he's still in there making a mess? Like or Twitter? you know. Yeah, who wants they don't to need to. Twitter has an enormous opportunity right, here. So just, zero, just, to, zero to 1,000 followers free. 1,000 to 25,000 followers, 10 bucks a month. And then it goes up to if you're Kim Kardashian, you have to pay $25,000 a month, which she would pay because she's getting $30,000 oh, per sponsored right, tweet. I, I wouldn't pay that much. Oh, yes, you would. No, I wouldn't. Oh, sure you would, Kara. I don't have it You're addicted pay. to Twitter, and it's a very no. powerful platform for you. No, you wouldn't would pay 50 bucks a month for Twitter? I might. That yeah, I might. You might. Pay, but and guess what? 000? They're no. not making fifty bucks a month off you of advertising. And if they, even if they have a reduction in revenues, which they will in the short term, if they could hold on to fifty to sixty percent of their revenues, they would have a much higher market valuation. Are you mounting in there with friends of yours, rich friends in the Wall Street area? <laughs> I think you're mounting. Um, no, I, I, oh, I've disclosed this. I'm a Twitter shareholder, I and if that, they don't move to a subscription. If they don't move, Twitter at 100 bucks a share is on less revenue than they are now moving to a subscription model that's growing faster than every other platform. But now they've got that money. They've got uh, Silver Lake came in and saved them. Yeah, Ezon Jurgen or Edon? Edon <laughs> Durbin. Edon Durbin. He's very intersectional. <laughs> he's, a, 
He's an intersectional head fundist. I am going to I'm going to send you some. In I'm fact, telling you. I'm going to let you. I'm going to send you some literature that you are going to read for our next gathering. Literature. I'm going to read. Why? <laughs> why? Thank you, fair lady from Gone with the Wind. <laughs> oh my God! On that note, well, oh, frankly, God. frankly, Kara, I don't give a damn what intersectional feminist literature oh. you send me. God, I just don't even know what to do. All think. right, we got to sign right, out we here. We got to go. Don't forget, there's a story in the news you're curious about and want to hear our opinion on. Email us at pivot at voxmedia.com to be featured on the show. Read us out, Scott. Today's episode was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Our executive producer is Eric Anderson. Our sound engineer is Fernando Finete. Uh, if you like what you heard, please subscribe, download, comment, send us an email. Also, thanks to Drew Burroughs. We'll see you next week for a breakdown of all things tech and business. Have a good weekend, Kara. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.